Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We're going to be moving along to uh, uh, the uh, letter to uh, Philippi. Uh, this is one of the still one of the prison uh, epistles that the Apostle Paul wrote uh, while he was in um, uh, in jail, and uh, there was there's some background facts that um, I thought it would be good that you you may like to uh, uh, to to know about, and uh, I'm not. I'm not going to spend a lot of time uh, in this background stuff, uh, but uh, I'm going to run through some of it, and uh, and you can use this for your own personal study that it, uh, that you want to study about the Book of Philippians and um, uh, and learn a little bit about it. Hallelujah! I am I am fully convinced. That if you want to get a, get a good understanding of uh, uh, any uh, any of the book of God's word, you you you've got to have some of the background information on it. Uh, if you don't, you're going to miss some stuff. Uh, for years, I didn't trouble with this kind of stuff, but uh, once I got into it and I began to apply it, I begin. It didn't take very long. I began to see how much I was missing. Because by not having some of the background historical things about the book, uh, it um, it leads you sometimes to a different uh, in interpretation that you would uh, otherwise have. So I, I mainly printed this out, and you can stick it in your Bible or, or what have you. I'm not going to, like I said, spend a lot of time on this part. We're going to get into the chapter, but uh, you can uh, take some time, and as you look through this, uh, I think the book will be more interesting to you. Uh, Paul's letter to uh, the church at Philippi, uh, a little bit of historical reference to Philippi. Philippi was a city of Macedonia, which owes its name to uh, Philip of Macedonia. Uh, he was the father of Alexander the Great. And I'm sure that name rings a bell. It should uh, a, uh, to, uh, to you. Uh, and uh, it was located on the east-west Ignatius Highway between Rome and Asia. Now, I've got a map there. And if you will notice there, you should recognize there the boot country, Italy. Uh, and then uh, in between that and Asia Minor, there's Macedonia. And you'll see Philippi, you see where it was located, pretty close to Thessalonica. And um, there's some interesting things uh, about this. Uh, when Apostle, the Apostle Paul uh, was in, on one of his journeys going around uh, the world, God gave him a vision. And in this vision, he saw a man saying to him, come over to Macedonia and help us. You'll find that there, that's, that the scriptures there is recorded there for you at Acts 16, 9, and 12. You want to turn at some time and read that. 
And uh, when he got there, he preached the gospel by a riverside and was placed in prison and established the first church on the European continent. And it gives you some scriptures that back um, uh, uh, all of that up. And it was also there, we all know the story well, where Paul and Silas was uh, thrown in jail. And at midnight, you know, uh, what happened? Huh? They were singing and praising the Lord, and uh, an earthquake hit. Well, all of that was the beginning of the church in, at Philippi that later on Paul wrote this letter to. Uh, and, uh, and, it, and it started when he had a, uh, had a vision, and this man says, Come, come over to Macedonia and, um, and, and help us. Uh, and um, that's where the beginnings, uh, and that's just a little bit of historical reference. You can check some of those scriptures and, and uh, what have you later if you'd like. To give you a little background of the letter of Philippians, of course, Paul's the author. The date it was written, uh, they don't know the exact date. It's pinpoint the year, but uh, history says probably written from Rome between 60 and 64 A.D., somewhere in that time. Uh, the purpose of the letter was to express Paul's affection for the believers in Philippi, thanking them for their gift and encourage them to a lifestyle of unity, holiness, and love. That's what the purpose of the letter uh, was for. If you understand that when you read through Philippians, it will, uh, it will help you. Now, remember, he was in prison. Now, prison back in those days is not like somebody put in prison in America today. Back in those days, if you was put in jail, if you didn't have some family members or friends who thought enough about you to bring you food, or money to be able to pay the guards to buy, you'd starve to death. Even though maybe you're sentenced, maybe you were sentenced, uh, say, for 44 years. So maybe you wouldn't have a, a, a long sentence. You'd be sentenced for four years. But if you didn't have, a friend or family member would come on a regular basis to see to it that, that you had food, you'd starve to death in that prison. I mean, that's the way it was in the Roman prisons back in that time. And so the church at Philippi that Paul had started, they knew he was in prison, and they, they continually took up love offerings, and they sent the Apostle Paul help so he could survive while he was in prison. And that's one of the purposes that he had of writing them this letter to thank them, to express uh, his appreciation uh, for their gift. Uh, and uh, he, he mentions this uh, in uh, uh, Philippians. Uh, and on the second page, to whom it's written, the church in Philippi, of course, founded by Paul on his second missionary journey under a storm of persecution. And uh, the work literally begun by uh, a small, was small among a few women 
at the riverside. <laughs> it, it, it amazes to me every time I run into some, some characters today uh, who, uh, who, uh, who say, well, I, you know, I don't believe in women doing nothing in church. Well, if it wasn't for the women, there wouldn't be no church. Hallelujah. Amen. If it wasn't for women, folks, there wouldn't be any church. This church right here is one of thousands upon thousands down through the years, amen, that, uh, that women got involved uh, and, uh, and, and, and they, they, they seen, seen the need. And, of course, when Paul come through, he worked, worked with them and uh, got it set up and got, got things put in order. Um, the, uh, the work, like I said, was small. That's, if you remember the lady by the name of Lydia, she was a seller of purple, was the first convert, and she was soon joined by the Philippine jailer and his family. They was, they was you can see how the church began to grow and expand, uh, but it all come about through suffering and persecution. And if you want a move of God, if you if you really pray for God to send a move of the Holy Ghost, let me ask you this: How much are you willing to suffer for a move of the Holy Ghost? How much are you willing? Uh, to suffer to see family members saved, Hallelujah! Because they, if you if you if you study history, there's never has been a real strong, legitimate move of God unless there was not some kind of persecution going on. Matter of fact, during times of persecution, it's when the church has grown the strongest, Amen, and the fastest, and. Um, uh, I've got um, some some of the themes down there printed. I'm not going to go over that. Uh, I don't want to take my time. I, like I said, I gave you this for you to take and do personal study. The key word in the book is joy. The key word is joy. Uh, and uh, you got, I got a list of them. Uh, different things in reference to that and the scriptures where it's found in Philippians. The key, key verse is Philippians 4 and 4. And basically, it's a spiritual love letter to the church. It contains outbursts of warm affection and gratitude written under hard circumstances. While Paul was a prisoner, he strikes the keynote of victory and joy. You know, if the Bible talks about how the joy of the Lord is our strength. Uh, if you've got the Holy Ghost abiding within you, you have the joy. Uh, don't get, don't confuse that uh, with happiness. Uh, there might be some things that, uh, uh, that you go through from day to day that uh, you won't you won't live every every day totally happy in life. But that don't mean you don't have any joy. Hallelujah. I've experienced the joy of the Lord in my most grievous times. When I was grieving the most, I could still, underneath that, feel the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. 
Amen. That that is that is great. And that's what that's what this whole thing, this whole book is about. Amen. Victory and joy, even in the midst of persecution and trouble, we can have that. Hallelujah. Amen. So there's your um uh, your background, you can take that and do with it as you will. Uh, the first chapter in trying to uh, pick out the highlight, uh, chapter 1, I've titled this lesson tonight, What God Begins, He Completes. What God Begins, He Completes. That right there alone takes all right that I might have to have any kind of worry over anything, have any kind of doubt. Because if God starts something in your life, he's going to complete it. Hallelujah. Let's, let me, let's go ahead and read our scriptures, and I want to get down and talk about this just a little bit. Philippians, the first chapter, and we're going to read verses 1 through 8. It's there. I printed it out for you. Paul and, and Thymo, let me get my, Timotheus. Now, this is Timothy. Uh, Timothy is short for Timotheus, uh, the servants of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's the first time I've tried to say Timotheus with no teeth in it. <laughs> I know how to pronounce it. I'm just having difficulty uh, uh, in, in this area up here. The servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi, with the bishops and deacons. Uh, notice there, uh, I told you a group, group of ladies was responsible to, get, uh, uh, to help get this church going. But when, when Paul come on the scene and uh, he got things in order, uh, there, there, was, there was bishops and there was deacons ordained. Uh, God is a God of order. Amen. Uh, and uh, the Bible says God's not the author of confusion. Another scripture says let everything be done decently in order. We got too many people trying to be too haphazard with God. Hallelujah. Everywhere Apostle Paul went, he just just needed to pick a few people out and baptize them and say, okay, I got y'all started. I'm going on down the road. Y'all just, just go ahead, you know, and have a good time. Now, he set things in order the way that the church should function. Amen. You find it not only here, but in everywhere he went, and uh, he, he, uh, he, he did that. Um, so this letter was written, he said, to the uh, to the uh Church uh, saints of, of, of Christ Jesus were at Philippi with the bishops and the deacons. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, all making requests with joy. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day unto now. Now, notice starting at verse 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day 
of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's where we get our title of our lesson tonight, What God Begins, He Completes. He which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Even as it is meet for me to thank this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, ye all are partakers of my grace. For God is my record how greatly I long after you in all the bowels of Jesus Christ. And see, I told you as we was looking through the background, you know, Paul wrote this in appreciation, uh, and he was showing his gratitude to them. Now, what I want to uh, uh, bring out, when God begins a work in the church or individual lives, he will complete it. He is not like man who is fickle and uncommitted. How many times have we left things uncompleted? Don't you speak up, Sister Darling. How many times have we started things? There, I, I got to admit, Brother Paul, there have been times I had a, at sometimes five or six things started only half, and get halfway through and leave out and go start something else. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, okay. I got this right here. <laughs> but but God, God is not like that. God is not like that. Uh, we begin fast and furious, but fade away long before the finish line. Amen. I mean, uh, what's little fellow said, ouch, amen, you know. Uh, Lord of mercy, how many times? But God's not like that. God has not ever started anything that he didn't complete. Amen. He completes his work. What a tremendous promise made here to the church as a whole and also to every saint of God. If God starts it, let him finish it. Sometimes we want to, we want to run up and take it out of God's hands and do it ourselves. Hallelujah. We've been guilty of that as individuals. We've been guilty of that as, uh, uh, as a church as a whole. Amen. Trying to finish something that God started. And we always get in trouble when we do that. Uh, what we've got to have, Brother Kenneth, is two things. And sometimes those two things are more difficult to possess than gold and silver in abundance. One thing we got to have is faith, and the other is patience. Amen. Hallelujah. Because, see, God does not move in my time or your time. Hallelujah. Amen. He, he, he doesn't work that way. God moves in his own time frame. Hallelujah. Amen. And we have to have faith, and we got to learn to have patience to trust God and accept his perfect will. But always know, because the book says it, and this should settle it for us. 
if God started something, he's going to complete what he started. Hallelujah. Amen. And he did so for our situation as a church right here. Hallelujah. When you look, look around on this property and this building, this is God's finished work. Hallelujah. Can't nobody. <laughs> and this was prophesied back in the beginning. Hallelujah. There ain't, ain't one person in this building or in this church can take the credit of what we got right here. Hallelujah. God started the process. Sometimes we like a little patience. Amen. Amen. We lost a few people from there to here because they didn't have the patience. You know, they, well, we got to, you know, snap, 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 snap. You know, God does not move on our time frame. Hallelujah. We have to learn to wait on the Lord. Amen. But uh, so that's a very tremendous promise that God has, has made for your life as an individual and life of church. If God starts it, let him finish it. This alone should keep fear, worry, anxiety out of our minds. God never starts something he can't finish. Hallelujah. You ever heard the old saying, I mean, there have been some times that I've bit off more than I could chew. Amen. There have been some times I've started some things. I didn't finish it, and to be honest, simply, I couldn't finish it. I took on a job or took on a task that was just a little bit too much for me. Amen. But see, God's, God's not like that. God's not like that. Hallelujah. Amen. God never starts something he can't finish it. Hallelujah. If he starts it, he's going to finish it. He knows how to finish it, and he'll finish it in his time and his way. Irregardless of what we think about it, amen, or how bit out of shape we get about it. Amen. It's, it's, like, it's like Darlene's. A uh, little fr uh, little phrase she started good 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 while back. God's got it, Hallelujah, Amen. And you know, uh, uh, Brother Douglas had 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 a little uh, a little concern. He, he talked about it and everything, but you know, God had that situation from the beginning. You know, he uh, uh, he finished it. He worked it out. And if we can if we could learn that, if I could learn that. Amen. It would cut out so much worry, fear, anxiety out of our lives. Um, somebody was uh, asking prayer about uh, uh, um, a certain certain job, and uh, the Lord impressed them. I gave him a word. I says, "Here is what you can be assured of." And I want to tell you this, this work for you. You're a child of God. You're a believer. You're Holy Ghost filled. The Bible makes you a promise. The Bible says that God will not withhold any good thing from those for those who walk upright before him. Now, if you're doing your best to work 
uh, walk upright before God. Maybe it's a job that's been offered to you or, or, or some kind of financial thing or uh, maybe an automobile or whatever. God knows more about the whole thing than you do. And if it don't work out, it's because God knows that it's not for your good. Because if it, if, if, it, if, it was, if it turned out for your eventual good and he didn't work it out, then his, he is a liar and his words lie and we're wasting our time here tonight. So, so we, we shouldn't put ourselves in to be concerned about stuff like that. If I, if I got my mind on something I'm thinking about, hallelujah. First thing I should I should get my spirit, my attitude. God's done promised me in His Word that He would not withhold any good thing. Hallelujah! I believe that. I believe it as much as I believe Acts two thirty eight, and it's just as real and just as power powerful as Acts two thirty eight. Hallelujah! Some certain things don't work out. Amen. Trust. God anyhow because you do not know the future and maybe we need to set us up a palm read around here too I don't know <laughs> hallelujah amen we're not going to get it that way we're not going to get it that way hallelujah uh, don't be too hard on her because I have been I have been totally shocked and just fall off uh, 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 out of my boots because when there have been some times that I've heard about some Jesus name baptized Holy Ghost filled people going to some, see some of those things paying money to the palm readers hallelujah come in here and put an offering in the church and give the pastor a tithe and I'll read your palm hallelujah Lord of God I'll make it red I'll get some red paint and paint it real pretty red for you hallelujah Lord of God <laughs> well, glory. Hallelujah. Whoop, whoop, whoop. It's the truth anyhow. Hallelujah. All right. Now, I want, I want to um, and widen this up for my part, and then we'll give a chance for any comments or questions. Look at that sixth verse, Philippians 1 and 6, and notice there I've, I've got GW. That's God's Word translation. Uh, we read it first up there in, in, in King James, but God's Word translation says, I'm convinced that God, who began this good work in you, will carry it through to completion on the day of Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I didn't read that last part of that paragraph up there that talks about that phrase, perform it. It said, he which hath began a good work in you will perform it, that phrase, perform it until, means to carry it out. If God began it, he's going to carry it out. He's going to carry it out to completion. And that's what God's Word translation says. Uh, he will carry it through to completion. If he started it, he's going to what? That goes along with Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. Look at that. Hebrews 12 and 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Hallelujah. Wow. Looking unto or focusing on, concentrating on, 
focus on Jesus. He's the author. He's the originator. He began it, and he's the finisher. Some translation says perfecter there. He's the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Hallelujah. What he begins, he finishes. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. Hallelujah. Let me tell you this. Who started your work of salvation in your life? It was God. He's, he's the one that started it. You didn't start it. If he did not send the Holy Ghost to convict you, you would never, you'd never make a start. It was his, see, the Bible says nobody can come to him unless the Spirit draw him. If the Spirit didn't ever draw you, you never would. You, hey, I don't, I, I don't care you. Uh, I, I might be like Shelley when I grew up in church, 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 church. That don't matter. If the Spirit of God does not convict you and to draw you, it don't matter. Nobody can come on their own. God is, was the originator of your salvation. You do not choose him. He said, I have chosen you. Hallelujah. So, if he started it, let him finish it. Hallelujah. Let him carry it through. Praise the Lord. Uh, I like Psalms 138 and 8 has always been a favorite verse of mine. Um, when Pastor DJ took over pastorship uh, of FAC in Nashville, uh, he uh, had this printed and, 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 and hung it over the sanctuary. Uh, the Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. That ought to, that ought, that ought to be everybody's motto. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Don't worry about it. Hallelujah. God will perfect what concerneth me, what he has designed for my life, what my destiny is, what he's called me to do. God will perfect it. I can't perfect it. I don't have the strength to, to perfect it. I don't have the wisdom to perfect it. God will. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me, thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Hallelujah. He has that enduring mercy forever because he has to put up with a lot of junk from us sometimes. But because of his mercy, he keeps working with us until his will is perfected in our life. Apostle Paul put it another way. He said, my Little children, how I travail in birth with you again until Christ be formed in you. Hallelujah. Some of us make it kind of difficult for God to perfect, but God will perfect. And his mercy gives us some room <laughs> for God to be able to work because sometimes we don't make it easy for him. All right, anybody got any comments or questions about what we've talked about tonight?